Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with five good things. A new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Oh, it's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside James Salinas out in Colorado, and it is March 13th, Sunday mean that it is Selection Sunday. We will have a bracket revealed in less than six hours as we punch five more automatic tickets to the big dance. Make sure to tweet at the show. We'll be hanging out with you guys over the next three hours at VEASAN Live on Twitter. At Rounding Again is where you can find James. At Femi Abebefe is where you can find me. Three great guests on the show this morning. Greg Peterson, VEASAN host of the Greg Peterson Experience, joining us in 15 minutes. We're going to get his thoughts on last night's action and and also take a look at today's card ahead of Selection Sunday. Vinny Maiulo, South Point Oddsmaker, in studio at 10.15. Dive into the process of making lines and resetting the futures market once the bracket is revealed. Kenny White of KennyWhiteSports.com at 11.30. He'll share his thoughts on the Big Ten title game between Iowa and Purdue. We'll have a little NFL and NBA, but our main focus is all things college basketball. So let's introduce our guy, James Salinas. James, how are we doing today, man? It's all good for a Sunday morning. We move the clocks forward. Sometimes it doesn't really matter to me, but in this case, yeah, I'm still uh, – Femi, we've done a couple shows here, and mm-hmm. I've kind of talked about it. I don't do a lot of college basketball until the NFL season is over and then deep dive into into college as we roll into March Madness and tried to – 
use and exercise some discipline the first couple weeks. And then I just, I know how I am. I'm not going to be one that's going to come on and preach bankroll management <laughs> and, and, you know, play <laughs> discipline and flatbed everything. I tried that. I did pretty well. And then I started mm-hmm. losing a few games last week. And we know, and, and Femi, we know with college basketball, you've got to be able to handle the swings. These still are, for the most part, these are teenage kids out there. Yep. And you've got to handle the roller coaster that is betting on college basketball. But when you start losing games by half a point because of missed free throws or a made free throw when you need them to miss, yeah, then you get a little jiggy with it. And I did that on <laughs> Friday night. And it was very good for me. It was very profitable for me on Friday night. But I'm just, I'm 50 now. And I just don't kind of recover as quickly as I used to when I was younger. <laughs> but I'm all set for Sunday morning, man. I'm ready for those brackets to be revealed. And we got a few games still to go through some couple more conference champions yes. to be announced today. And I love that they use the phrase getting jiggy with it. Because this is the big dance that we're going to be talking about all throughout this week. Once the bracket gets revealed later on this afternoon. And before we get to today's games, James, let's look back at what we saw yesterday. In the ACC Championship, I thought was one of the bigger headlines of the day. They're the Duke Blue Devils, six-point favorites against Virginia Tech. They lose outright 82-67. to The Hokies just absolutely, it was a tour de force kind of performance there offensively from them, and they were just exploiting Duke's defense there. Uh, they go, the game goes over the total, 136.5. Virginia Tech gets the automatic bid out of the ACC. What was your main takeaways from seeing the Blue Devils, that defense, not looking so hot. Yeah, that's why I took Virginia Tech yesterday. I got him at the six and a half, and money was coming in late on the on on Duke. And obviously, it's the name recognition, Coach K. All those good things going to pass for this season. But you know, on on paper, this roster with Duke is loaded. It's loaded with NBA talent, but that doesn't show out in the college game when you're talking about the defensive side. To your point, Femi, and that's exactly where I went with this game. Thinking about how Duke has played the perimeter, and a lot of times you, you, we've seen how offenses has really trans over both NBA and college, how it's become much more of a five-out game. Your bigs, your five-step out can handle the ball, can shoot the rock, put them into a lot of ball screens. And I think for a team like Duke, they're very lazy on the defensive end when it comes to defending ball screens. A lot of times they're going underneath the screen. They rarely ever hedge, and they're just not very aggressive out there on the perimeter. And I think sometimes when you get these five-star guys that have been playing AAU their whole lives rolling into college – That's the dirty work that they didn't have to do when they were the best player on their team growing up. That was for the role players. You guys get out there and bang cutters and and (laughs) come out, you know, go over the top of those screens. You work hard on that side. I'm going to be looking to leak out and show my skills in transition to go to the next level. And that's what we've seen out of Duke. It's just a very soft perimeter defense and a team like Virginia Tech that can shoot the ball very well, but they roll five out. They're going to pull you away from the basket. They're great at passing up the good shot for the great shot, getting great looks. That's exactly what happened last night. They were... What are they hit 10 three pointers last night? Pretty much led from start to finish in that game. We're clearly the better team on the floor, not the collection of talent, but when it comes to the experience factor with Virginia Tech and the team concept and the chemistry that they had, both offensively and defensively, I'm not surprised the score ended up. I'm, I'm surprised the score ended up as far away as it was, mm-hmm. leading, winning by 15. But taking the number, that was a no-brainer for me. Yeah, how about Hunter Couture there for the Virginia Tech Hokies? 31 points, seven of nine from beyond the arc there for Virginia Tech. He led all scorers in this game as they get the 15-point victory. And there's no sweat for the Hokies on Selection Sunday. They are in the big dance with that automatic bid. But I want to ask you about the Duke Blue Devils, though. This is a team that we've seen them beat Gonzaga and Kentucky on a neutral floor, but they've kind of sputtered down the stretch here, James. Are you buying or selling Duke heading into the tournament? 
That's going to be indicative of what I did last night. I'll be betting against Duke. Maybe not the first round. we got to see how all these teams, what, what the brackets look like and, and how they match up. But if you are a team playing Duke, that can that if you play five-out basketball, you can handle the ball and you have multiple players that, that can value the basketball, not going to turn it over, not play transition and get into a 94-foot a, a game with the Duke Blue Devils. You can make it a half-court game value the basketball, value possessions on a uh, on a consistent basis, you can beat Duke because they're not all of a sudden going to find themselves defensively and say they have the athletic talent to do that, but they don't have the want to, to do it. And I think for a, a team like Duke, because it is such a collection of great players but no chemistry on the floor, there's no experience on that team. Whatsoever. I don't even know if they have a senior at least that sees the floor for the most part. Yeah. They may have some senior walk-ins that walk-ons <laughs> that get the towels for the other guys coming off to the bench, right? But I think for a team like Duke, it doesn't all of a sudden just materialize come March Madness. This is going to be a challenge for them going forward through the tournament. And I, th I think it's going to be an. We'll see the brackets, but I think it's going to be an early exit. Probably not the first round. They're going to have a great yeah. seed, but uh, or later in the tournament, they're not making it to the Elite Eight. Yeah, I think the latest bracketology has Duke as a number two seed, so uh, they'll have at least a favorable path in that regard, but it's going to be difficult for them once they get into that second weekend, if they're able to get into that second weekend here with the tournament coming up starting next Thursday. A team that a lot of people are buying on, though, James, is the Arizona Wildcats, and they were terrific last night against UCLA without Kerr Kreese, their lead guard. They defeat the Bruins 84-76. to They cover the two-point spread. Game goes over the total of 143. This Arizona team is seems like they check all the boxes, James. Well, and they are so unselfish with the basketball. They run such great off-ball action. If you if you get caught ball watching, they're going to backdoor you big time. And and I think for this team, they can score at, at basically every position. That's the key. That that was the that was the difference in the second half to me was the fact that the Bruins, their bigs are not playmakers. You can pull them mm -hmm. out. You can't put them into ball screens because you can you can double the ball. They're not gonna they're not gonna shape up and roll to the basket there. They can't put they can't play with the ball in their hands. Really, they're just defenders and they're not very athletic either. And that was really the difference in the last 10 minutes of that game. The athleticism showed out for the Arizona Wildcats in that second half. And I think for this team, even though they were missing their point guard, like you said, and he leads the team with assists, this team shares the ball so well. 65% of their made field goals come off an assisted pass. And last night wow. was no was indicative. They had 27 field goals last night, Femi. 20 coming off an assist. This very unselfish team. You have to play at all five positions and be aware of ball you man at all times. And I think if you fall asleep, they're going to be able to backdoor you with the athletes that they have. Yeah, Benedict Matherin, the Pac-12 Player of the Year, he really showed out 27 points in this game, seven assists, four rebounds, kind of a big-time performance in a big spot there for the Wildcats. This team, though, I mean, a lot of people have Gonzaga as the favorite to win the NCAA tournament because it will be the number one overall seed. It looks like Arizona's going to be the number two overall seed right behind Gonzaga there. Do you think that the Wildcats are the better team? Would you, Which way would you lead between these two, Arizona and Gonzaga, out west? Well, I think it comes down to the matchups, right? So can your bigs, in a sense, challenge Arizona's bigs? Because those bigs for Arizona just get to play rim protector on the defensive yeah. side. Well, you go play, and you're going to play a team like Gonzaga, and, and with Holmgren and with Timmy, those guys are skilled with the ball, and they can pull you away from the basket. They can put the ball on the floor. Now, I, I know with Holmgren, he's more of a he, – he's built like Kevin. He's not Kevin Durant, but he's built like Kevin mm -hmm. Durant. You can be physical with him on the defensive side. So it's just – to me, it's all about the matchups 
matchup. So I think that would be a more challenging matchup for Arizona just based on the fact that Gonzaga's bigs actually are playmakers. Yeah, a couple minutes left in the segment here, James. Kansas, they defeated Texas Tech yesterday afternoon in the Big 12 championship game. The Jayhawks get the automatic bid. They cover the two-and-a-half-point spread, winning that game 74-65. Game goes over the total, 134-and-a-half. I was on the Jayhawks yesterday. I felt that their defense was being overlooked there. A lot of people talk about Texas Tech's defense. Do you think Kansas has that sort of final four caliber ceiling uh, heading into the tournament? I mean, it comes down to the guard play, and we're used to seeing Kansas having really steady guard play. I think Remy Martin coming over from Arizona State, they were hoping that he was going to be that guy. He's been in and out of the lineup. Had a pretty good game yesterday. Starting to probably, in this case, not get healthy physically, but also I think there were some – he had some mental health issues that he had to deal with last mm-hmm. year with the death. I think it was his grandfather that died. Just had some family issues that he was working through. I think it really comes down to Martin. Now, I know he's been coming off the bench recently, but if he's fully healthy, Healthy and he's got his mind right. He's a terrific player. He's somebody that can create his own shot. He can create shots for others. It's a lot of pressure on Remy Martin coming to a team like Kansas that's got such a long tradition of winning, uh, but he has the talent to do it. So for me, if it's Kansas going to make a deep run, yeah, I know Abaji's a terrific player, but it really comes down to, to Remy Martin being able to be consistent as a playmaker, scorer, and facilitator for this team. Yeah, I'm looking at the odds board, and we'll talk about this at length later on in the show here in the futures market over at BetMGM, but you look at Gonzaga's plus 375, Arizona's 6-1. to one. You get Baylor 11-1. to one. They're likely to be a number one seed. And then you have Kansas hanging out there at 14-1. to one. And a lot of people all season talked about the Big 12 being the best conference in basketball. And they won the tournament. And at 14-1 to one for a number one seed who will likely have a favorable path, maybe you take a little sprinkle on the Jayhawks pending what the path looks like once the bracket is revealed later on this afternoon. We're just getting started. We're going to ask all these questions to Greg Hoops P. Peterson on the other side. Hoops is hanging out with us here as we start betting across America presented by BetMGM. It's Selection Sunday, folks. Let's get excited and hopefully cash some tickets here in the final five games of the conference tournament season. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. 
Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming daily best bet emails and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you are filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game in every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson, Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel, and Tim Murray. They have insights on every key team, conference, and player to watch from the favorites to the potential Cinderella's. Sign up today to get the betting guide plus full access to VEASAN through April 5th for only $19 at vcin.com slash madness. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebefe rolling alongside James Salinas. We actually have a game going on right now. The Ivy League Championship. Yale and Princeton, 13.45 left to go in the first half. Yale leads 11-7. to Princeton, 1.5 on the live line total, 140.5. We'll keep our eyes on that. But let's bring in our first guest on the show this morning. He is one of our experts here at VEASAN, Greg Hoops-Peterson. Uh, Hoops, how you doing? He is a VEASAN host, host of the Greg Hoops-Peterson Experience. If you have not experienced it, you are missing out, and this is a very big day for you. Selection Sunday. We got games coming up today, but let's look at what we saw yesterday. The Duke Blue Devils losing in the ACC tournament. Are you out on Duke coming up in this tournament, or do you still think that they have that national title ceiling? It's interesting because with Duke, you've got a team that they've got all the motivation in the world. This is the last ride for Coach K, but with that said, this is also a Duke team that they just haven't been playing a lot of defense recently. I do like the way that this team has been functioning on offense. It's a team that ranks in the top 10 nationally with regards to points scored on a per possession basis. You've been able to have guys like Wendell Moore be able to step up and help out Paul Boncaro. But at the same time, I think that's going to be very matchup oriented with this Duke team because they've shown that they're a team that they could be a little bit prone to an early exit, losing to North Carolina on their home floor. They wound up losing to Miami as well a little bit earlier in the season. Now they wind up taking this loss to Virginia Tech. So I do think that the wrong matchup could be a little bit of a doomsday scenario for this Duke and really last ride for Coach K. All right, Hoops, let's get into today. We have five conference tournament championships today. We have a couple tipping off here in about 45 minutes. Let's go to the SEC championship game today, Tennessee and Texas A&M. This matchup here, the total was sitting at 130 and a half. It's up to 131 and a half. I took the over here at 30 and a half. Uh, I, I just think there's going to be opportunities for Texas A&M defensively. I love the way that they play brought their pressure on the perimeter, their ball screen defense. Kennedy Chandler yesterday for Tennessee was sensational against Kentucky, 
But this is a different matchup with these guards coming from Texas A&M. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Chandler. I think you're going to see some runouts for both teams being able to score the ball. How do you see this matchup playing out, and do you have a play on this game? I wound up saying my total at a 130.5. So now that it's up to 131.5, I do like this total under because if you've got a pair of teams that they've been really having their forte be on defense and not necessarily on offense, it is a Tennessee team that with regards to points scored on a per 100 possession basis, they score right around nine or so points fewer on a roto neutral court environment. And Tennessee is a team that they're very inconsistent with their three-point shooting. At home, they shoot 39% from three-point range. On the road, sub 32% from three-point range. So that is a little bit of an issue. And you've got a Texas A&M team that without Marcus Williams, they really haven't taken a step back. They've been without the transfer from Wyoming for about a month or so, but they've been able to do a solid job without him. But they're a team that they do turn the ball over a little bit. And really, both of these teams do a solid job of being able to generate turnovers. You've got two teams that they rank at the top 20 nationally with regards to steals force on a per-possession basis. So the big question is, does that defense wind up turning into offense or does it wind up just turning into sloppy play? I sort of think the latter here because you do have a pair of teams that they rank well outside the top 50 with regards to points scored on a per-possession basis, but bear down on defense. Texas A&M doing a solid job of being able to rebound by committee along with Tennessee, so it's a spot in which I do like this total under, but I think that this Texas A&M run that they're making, I think that is relatively real. I still have my question marks with Tennessee. I know that they've become a chic pick, but I like the 6-6 six six app that you're currently finding with Texas A&M along with that under. We're speaking with Greg Hoops-Peterson, the host of the Greg Peterson Experience here on VEASAN. Got to ask you about the other game tipping off at the top of the hour, the A-10 Conference Championship. A lot of bubble teams will have their eyes on this one, hoping that Richmond cannot be a bid stealer. Davidson right now, three and a half point favorites, total 137. Where do you lean, whether it be the side or total, in the A-10 title game? When this was at four, I liked Richmond at three and a half. I think that it's a bottom part of what I'd be willing to take because this is a spot in which I wound up saying my line at a three and a half as well. But I'd rather take three and a half with Richmond rather than lay it with Davidson. The last time these two teams wound up playing, it was a three-point game that these two teams wound up playing. Now, you wound up having in that game, Richmond wind up giving up 87 points in that contest. I don't think that we're going to be seeing a replay of that, but that said, this is also a Davidson team that they've been having their warts on defense, but the big thing with Davidson is their top 10 team in all of college basketball. They're going to point scored on a per possession basis. They're incredibly efficient on the offensive side of things on the defensive side of things can be a little bit at or miss, but when you do wind up having a pair of jump shooting teams like this, the thing that winds up getting a little bit tighter when it comes to a high stakes games like this is the jump shooting. So I think that things are going to be a little bit more buttoned down in this game. Pair of teams that they rank outside the top 225 with the yards of possession frame and for Davidson outside the top 320 with that regard. They play at a snail's pace. So I think that you're going to get a lower scoring game. Semi-total out of 134 and a half. So I'm looking under. And with Richmond, we'll take three and a half or more with them. All right, Greg, moving on down the board, Memphis-Houston rematch from last Sunday's game where Memphis just completely blitzed them in the first half. Uh, turn, 20 turnovers total, so many led to easy baskets and really just a runaway for the Tigers in that first half. We aim over after the first 20 minutes. Now, Houston, both teams dealing with the little injury issues. We know Houston's already been without Sasser and Mark for the majority of the season. And then Fabian White only played three minutes last night. His back locked on locked up on him. He's questionable to play. Where do you see this rematch? I mean, Houston's sitting here favored at three and a half points. Which way are you going here with this conference tournament game here in the AAC? 
I personally wound up taking an opener with Memphis because you saw them at some places between a five and a half and six on the open. That was just a couple too many. I think that now once you've gotten to three and a half, like we're seeing in a lot of books, that the value is just gone with being able to take the points with Memphis. I do think that Houston going to be able to get their revenge and get an outright win against Memphis because Memphis actually wound up winning both of the matchups during the regular season. It's a Houston team that is number one in all of college basketball in terms of percentage of their missed shots that they wind up getting a rebound on with right around 38%. It's also a Houston team that they do a much better job of taking care of the ball. We saw yesterday with Memphis wound up having 19 turnovers in that game against SMU. They're in the bottom 20 in all of college basketball. With regards to turnovers on a per possession basis, that is not good. And you got a Houston team that they do a great job of being able to take away the ball, one of the best with regards to that. And a Houston team that they rank in the top 20 with regards to points scored and points allowed on a per possession basis. Memphis, top 50 team with regards to tempo. They're looking to play fast. So I look at this total and I like it over. I set my total more around 139. And with Houston, it's three and a half or less the number that we're getting right now that I'm willing to lay with them. Greg, we got the big game in the Big Ten coming up later on this afternoon. It's the final game of the day here before we reveal the brackets. Iowa and Purdue, Boilermakers, two-and-a-half-point favorites, total 151-and-a-half. But what do you make about this Iowa team who's played really well over the last handful of weeks? Can they pull off another upset? I wound up saying my line at two, two and a half was the minimum that I'd be willing to take with Iowa, but I'm willing to take the two and a half here with them. I actually really like what I'm seeing on this Iowa team. They leave a little bit of something to be desired on defense, but they do generate eight and a half steals per game. So they're able to turn that defense into offense when they do wind up playing it. And it's a team that they've got Keegan Murray, 23 and a half points, eight boards, right around two blocks and an assist and a steal and a half per game. So they've been able to do a very solid job there. If there's a team that I trust out of the Big Ten to be able to make a run, and I think that this is a relatively untrustworthy Big Ten, <laughs> but if there's a team that I do trust, honestly, it's Iowa because Purdue has not been guarding a soul at this point. They do have Travion Williams, Zach Eady, pair of guys that down low are able to combine for about 15 rebounds per contest. And when it comes to this Purdue team, it is a bunch of which of your top five guys that made at least one three-pointer this year. Four of them shoot at least 39%, but that said, it's just been a case in which a defense has not been able to come alive for this Purdue team. And what I wanted writing up for DK Nation today was the over in this game. Now we've seen a rise in it, opened mm-hmm. up at 148. Now we're seeing it at 151, 151 and a half. This is about the max I'd be willing to take the over at. But I think that you wind up getting a high scoring game in this one. I like the over and anything of two and a half or more will take with Iowa. Real quick, Greg, and a quick follow up in about 30 seconds. Do you have any home court advantage factored into this with a lot of Purdue faithful being in Indianapolis where the game is being played? Very, very small amount. I wound up putting it at a half a point, something that would be bigger, something like yesterday, where you wind up seeing Kansas playing in Kansas City. And if you wind up getting that situation, which Villanova winds up getting the three seed, perhaps they wind up playing the second weekend in Philadelphia, that's something to look at in the NCAA tournament because not all these courts are true neutral courts. He is Greg Hoops Peterson, host of the Greg Peterson Experience. You'll see him all across the network today as it is Selection Sunday. Hoops, we appreciate you joining us and uh, all the best in the tournament. Femi, I appreciate you. Thank you, my friend. All right. Now, interesting stuff there from Hoops. And, James, on the other side, let's talk about this Big Ten tournament game because I'm really fascinated by this total, which he outlined there, that has seen a lot of steam this morning here going up from that opener of 148 to now 151 and a half. We're just getting started here on Betting Across America here, presented by BetMGM. Don't go away. Selection Sunday on v the Sports Betting Network. 
is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The KFC chicken sandwich is served hot and straight from the fryer. Kind of like this show. That's why it's finger licking good. Also like this show. Order the KFC chicken sandwich today. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. James Salinas out there in Colorado. James, uh, the folks behind the glass here, uh, we got Matt and Kevin talking about how they're hungry for this KFC chicken sandwich. So uh, well, hopefully we're glad that that read is a little shorter and is not longer for them to, to hold up that photo there of those uh, delicious sandwiches. But uh, in terms of deliciousness, we have Selection Sunday going on today. This is one of the best times to be a sports better best times in sports right now the ivy league championship going on right now they're at the under eight timeout yale leads princeton yale closed as a three and a half point underdog they lead it 24 to 14 right now yale five and a half point favorites on the live line total 137 and a half any interest from you here to back princeton as a five and a half point dog no, I didn't get involved with this game. I think for Princeton, they're, they're shoot, uh, this is a team that shoots 39% from the three-point line. They're shooting one of nine so far. So do we see some positive regrets? Do we see this mm -hmm. team start to make some? I'm assuming, I, I, I'm a, I would think that you would here. They're going to have to make some threes to get in this game. It's really put them in the hole. They're only six for 20 from the floor, but their bread and butter is being able to knock down the perimeter jump shot. Just one of nine so far in this game from the outside. And Princeton, it's, it's kind of interesting. Terrific three-point shooting team a really poor free throw shooting team. That's just kind of interesting, the fact that they shoot less than 65% at the line. So at this point here, if you live and die by the three right now, uh, that's put themselves in a hole because they're shooting so poorly. No play for me. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on this game. It is a one-bid league, like we always know with the Ivy League. So the winner goes to the big dance, and the loser season that comes to an end there. So a very, very high-stakes game in the Ivy League championship between Yale and Princeton over in Cambridge, Mass. Uh, let's take a look, though, at the Big Ten championship here. James. Uh, this is the last game of the day between Iowa and Purdue. Purdue laying two and a half over at BetMGM. The total, though, is kind of the story of this betting market here. It's gone up from the opener of 148 to 151 and a half. Were you involved in this over steam or are you maybe waiting to play back on the under if this continues to go up? No, I didn't get involved. I think both teams, neither team are very good defensively. They're, they're, they, both teams can score, and they can score at you from a variety of different angles. We know with Purdue, it, start, it starts with Ivy, tremendous player in transition and ability to be able to create his own shot, beat you off the bounce, and from the outside, get inside. He also creates opportunities for Purdue to shoot the basketball. I think we see a ID really coming in and, and being able to penetrate as well as playing through the post with Zach Eady commanding double teams, commanding help, then being able to kick the ball out, and that's where Purdue really excels. They have six players on that roster that see time on the floor that shoot 40% or better from the three-point line, and it's not like Iowa guards the ball on the perimeter very well either. I think that's the tough matchup here for Iowa, but I think conversely, and I get why that number's moving. Usually if I've missed the best number, I'm not going to go chase it and, and get involved with chasing any kind of steam here. I agree with the move of where it's going. Think about Iowa here. There's another team that can shoot the ball from the perimeter very well, but they also play five-out basketball. I think it's a tough matchup for, for Zach Eady in this game. Big seven-foot-four. He's a behemoth out there, but not one to get it far away from the paint to have to defend. I think they're going to pull him away from the from, from the from the 
from the interior, put them into ball screens, space the floor. And for Iowa, I think the best player on the floor for either team. I know Ivy's really sensational as far as his athleticism and his talent to be able to make plays in transition. But I think the toughest matchup on the floor for either side is Keegan Murray in this game. He can score. He can shoot it from deep, shoots around 40%, gets to the free throw line because he will play through the post and get your team in foul trouble. That's what happened to him the last time. They played two games and Purdue swept the Hawkeyes this year. The first game, though, Keegan Murray was not available for that contest. The second game that he was available for the Hawkeyes, he got into early foul trouble and just never really got himself in a rhythm, was limited in minutes, was just 4 of 11 from the floor. I think Keegan Murray is the toughest matchup here. I think he has a sensational game. I'm not going to chase the steam on the total. I get where it's going, Femi, but I think I'm going I'm to see about getting involved with the side. And I like the Iowa side. It's sitting at 2.5 but it's juiced to the underdog. I'll see where that juice moves before I get involved, but I'm going to look to play Iowa in this matchup. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you here because, I mean, Iowa, this is going to be their fourth game in four days here. So Purdue has the rest advantage, but how much does that factor in to a handicap? Because I'm looking at Ken Palm right now, and Ken Palm says that Iowa's the better team and favors Purdue, or rather Iowa, to win this game 81-80 on a neutral floor here. So does the rest factor factor in, in any of your handicap here, or do you think that with that aside, you still like the Hawkeyes? I still like the Hawkeyes. I mean, and it is, and you can see that sometimes with the rest that start getting tired legs and those jump shots aren't coming, <laughs> getting a little short on your J's, right? You're just not having the lift and the legs, especially in the second half. But, you know, I kind of look at, all right, the minutes played is one thing, but how much energy is really expended on the floor defensively? I think that's where most energy comes from that you're putting out there in these contests is going to be on the defensive side. Neither team really – performs that well, especially on the perimeter with their defensive their defense against the ball screens. And I think for Iowa, very you know, it can bring some momentum winning that game the way that they did with Bohannon banking in. Didn't call glass, but it still counts <laughs> in the game, in the college game. Knocked in that three. What a heartbreaking loss for the Hoosiers yesterday. A great run through the tournament for them. Uh, but but I, I think for Iowa, I just like the matchup here against Purdue. It's not a strong... I think you can pull the bigs out, like I said, again. And I think Keegan Murray, who did not really didn't factor into that second game because of foul trouble, didn't play the first time. He's a tremendous player out there on the floor. I think he's going to have a big game and lead Iowa to this win. Yeah, Murray is one of those versatile kind of big guys there. You mentioned pulling the Edie and all those guys away from the basket yep. can be advantageous there for the Iowa Hawkeyes. It's an interesting matchup there. The two top teams on Ken Palm adjusted offensive efficiency are Iowa and Purdue. So that's going to be a fireworks showdown in the Big Ten championship game. We got a little bit of time here, James, but I wanted to ask you kind of a big picture question here about the bracket because the bracket's going to be revealed at 3 o'clock Pacific time, 3.31, around that time there. And we have a lot of new bettors in the betting space, and it can be overwhelming once you see all of a sudden, boom, here's all these games, sides and totals, what should I do? How do you kind of handle handicapping these games when you have to factor in travel and where the games are played and they're neutral sites but some teams tend to have advantages because they're closer to home than others kind of what are the kind of things that you look for in the bracket and how you go about handicapping these uh, March Madness games coming up here uh, later on this afternoon well, typically in most sports, Femi, I'm an unders better and I'm an underdog better as well. That doesn't necessarily mean that's always the case when it comes to to playing the tournament, but 
You, you know, I think experience matters. We, we hear it all about guard play, but to me it's more so mm -hmm. about experience. How well does this team play together on both sides of the floor, and do they value the basketball? Is this a, a team that this can be sloppy in, in a half-court game? Because I think we start to see that, especially in the second half. You're in the tournament, and nerves can be a, a part of it in the first half. Get settled in. Now your adrenaline's kind of calming down. You're going to get back into the flow of how you play on both sides of the floor for said team. But I think the experience factor and being able to execute in the half court because we see these games slow down. It's a lot easier to slow teams down than to speed teams up. So a lot of contrast in styles. And I favor the teams that have the experience but can play a half court game, run their sets, value the basketball, and have guys that, that have confidence to be able to not only to take a shot, to make the shot, but to share the ball and pass the good shot for the great shot. And so a lot of it comes down to the matchups for me, Femi, but also you talk about the venues. Well, regardless of whether you're playing close to home, those kind of things, that can be an advantage, right? Mm -hmm. We're to see in Kansas, playing at Kansas City as they always do in the, in the Big 12 title game, that's definitely an advantage for them and it has been for a long time. But sometimes you see in these venues, you have teams that come in, the, the spectators coming in for multiple games within the session, and a lot of times they're going to root for the underdog. So yeah. those underdogs get a lot of neutral. Those folks that are kind of neutral or going against the favorites, they're rooting for that underdog. They want to see the upset happen, and I think that kind of favors getting the number as well. Yeah, no, uh, I used to cover the Gonzaga Bulldogs, and way back when, when they were the number one seed for the first time in Salt Lake City, they were taking on Wichita State, and Mark Few was getting frustrated about how like the fans were rooting for Wichita State, even though Gonzaga's not too far away from Salt Lake City. It's kind of interesting how things can flip once the uh, neutral fans start to see that the underdog might have a chance to pull off an outright upset. Real quick here, James, in about 30 seconds or so, uh, the futures market always gets reset once the brackets are revealed, because we know the past now for these teams to win a national title. Do you get involved any on Selection Sunday with, hey, maybe this team might have a favorable bracket. Let me take a nibble on them to maybe make the Final Four or to win the national title. Not typically. I think you're going to see the numbers are going to, like you said, the numbers are going to be fluid because of how that bracket is set. But I tell you, it's hard enough to try to find one game and find one matchup and one winner from game to game as the as the tournament progresses, let alone saying this team is going to go all the way through it and win in six games. I have one future. It's with Kentucky. It was 10 to 1. I got it a couple of weeks ago, but I took it for the price more so because it mm -hmm. was sitting at 8 to 1, 7 to 1. That's the only future I have. I probably won't be doing any futures once the, the brackets are revealed. I'm just going to go game to game, round to round. Well, we'll talk about your Kentucky Wildcats on the other side. Big Blue Nation bowing out of the SEC tournament semifinals against Tennessee. We'll also do an SEC championship game preview as well as the A-10. Don't go away. We got games tipping off at the top of the hour. You'll want to hear this next. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn $50 bonuses when they sign up through a BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as as well. Share the excitement at BetMGM and get a $50 bonus. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable site credit. Site credit expires in 30 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. 
Welcome back. This is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebefe here at the VEASAN Studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. James Salinas out there in Colorado. And James, last night or yesterday afternoon, I should say, we saw the Kentucky Wildcats in the SEC semifinal game, they lose to Tennessee 69-62. to Kentucky's thought of as one of these teams that's a potential national title contender. You have a futures ticket on Big Blue Nation. Were you concerned with what you saw in this SEC tournament? Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like my ticket. I like the number where it's at a 10-to-1. But as far as Kentucky, that was really a lackluster effort from them. Not a competitive effort by any means until like the last five minutes. But by then, they had already put themselves in such a hole that they weren't going to be able to get out of it. And and I kind of based it on when I got it a couple weeks ago, not only with the number at the 10-to-1, but but the the status of their guard play. And I think their guard play with Washington and Wheeler, they're very, they're very quick. They're very athletic. They were suffered a number of injuries earlier in back in February. So they were just working themselves through getting back out onto the floor. And I don't know if they're all completely healthy. They look a lot quicker than they have the last couple of weeks. So, but problem for me was they, they defensively on that perimeter, no effort, no energy. They got exploited. I mean, really the, uh, the young guard Kennedy for the, Tennessee Vols Chandler yeah. just had his day. He had whatever he wanted. They they didn't get out onto the ball screens very well, and Chandler was able to get in the paint. He was able to score, get get himself involved, get his teammates involved. I just didn't like the perimeter defense out of Kentucky. And then this is mm-hmm. a team that doesn't shoot the ball very well either. We saw that yesterday in that game against Tennessee. They had plenty of open looks, two of twenty from outside. Grady Yikes. really is. That's who they need Grady to have to hit. He was awful. He has he right now. Grady is shooting with no confidence whatsoever those guards they got kind of exploited they're not big in stature so you can exploit them defensively as well uh, I, I, I love Oscar Shibwe he's a tremendous player and he's great in the post but you got to have more than a post player those guards are really going to have to step up not only with their shooting but they're going to have to be much better with their perimeter defense yeah Oscar Shibwe was in foul trouble in this game ended up fouling out he'll likely be the national player of the year 13 points 11 rebounds for Oscar Shibwe in yesterday's loss to Tennessee let's turn the page over to the volunteers who will be playing today in the SEC championship game that tips off in about 15 minutes against Texas A&M the Vols laying six and a half over at BetMGM the total hovering around 131 and a half what jumps out to you in this matchup between the Aggies and the Vols you know, I was really tempted to get – I've been on Texas A&M the last two games, but they were able to come out with outright wins. And I think here – I don't know. I'm not going to roll with them again here. I, I like the number. I like what I've seen out of Texas A&M on their perimeter defense, and they're very interchangeable. They're, they've got a lot of guys that are in that 6'4 to 6'6, 6'7 range is where they can – not only do they, they hedge really hard, they can trap the ball on those ball screens, but they can also switch when necessary too. So I love what – we've seen from their perimeter defense and it creates turnovers and those turnovers turn into runouts and that team's got some athletes that can finish man that Quentin Jackson that kid's an athlete he's great yeah. in in transition to be able to finish at the rim I think there's going to be some opportunities here again for Texas A&M to turn turnover Tennessee. Now, Kennedy Chandler, we were just talking about him in that matchup against Kentucky yesterday. Well, it's a different guard matchup. This is going to be a completely different... He's going to face when they're running those dribble handoffs and those ball screens out high, he's going to face a completely 
different structured defense against Texas A&M than what he faced yesterday, which really, really a passive uh, ball screen defense from Kentucky. I think Texas A&M is going to get after it on that perimeter. I think we're going to see a number of turnovers. Both teams do have a tendency to turn the ball over. Both teams can finish out in transition. I think we'll see some live ball turnovers that will create some runouts for both sides. So again, I lean towards Texas A&M taking those points, but I'm gonna. I've already hit two. I'm gonna stay away from that one. I did like the total. I bet it earlier this morning at 130 and a half. So it's up mm-hmm. to 131 and a half. I understand the move, and I think it's it's really here. You get live ball turnovers. Both teams can finish in transition, and that's what I expect to see here. Uh, as far as not so much the tempo. Femi, but just the fact that both teams can finish in the open floor and can tend to be uh, sloppy with the basketball, I think yeah. that's what we'll see here. And I think I'm, that's what I'm banking on. I'm going over 130 and a half in this matchup. Yeah, Tennessee, they're 5-2 and two against the spread in their last seven neutral site games as a favorite there. Rick Barnes, he takes a lot of crap, and I'm, I'm one to criticize Rick Barnes. I don't really trust him. He, uh, he burned me last year against Oregon State in the first round of the tournament, but that's a pretty good indication, though. 5-2 and two ATS as a favorite in their last seven neutral site games. Maybe we're not giving him enough credit, James. And, I mean, he's been around. A lot of times what we think about Rick Barr, I think about this time in Texas, it's going to be a half-court, grind it out. We're going to just check you, and we're playing basically goal-line defense, right? It's the old-school 10-yard <laughs> fight, and that's how they would play in the half-court. Uh, but he's got some different athletes now this year, and, and I think they've got they've they've been more, in a sense, more explosive offensively in transition. It's not just strictly the half-court set. They can play through that as well. But I just think for Tennessee, they're going to go as far as their freshman point guard Kennedy Chandler will take them and he's a great talent out there but also he is small of stature so you're going to see just like and that's what I want to see today I'm really interested to see today how does he match up against the way that Texas A&M defends the perimeter with their size and their length they're going to close out with a lot of high hands can Kennedy Chandler handle the size on the perimeter Uh, not only in this game but I think it's going to be a good indication through this game of this is kind of this is potentially the defenses that you're going to see based on how they land in their bracket but when you're talking about matchups I want to see how Chandler handles the size and athleticism on the perimeter from Texas A&M today. I think also another thing to keep in mind with this matchup is that Texas A&M is squarely on the bubble to make the tournament here. Uh, Joe Lenardi of ESPN, his bracketology the most recent one has A&M as the last team in the field of 68. So a win they get the automatic bid, a loss it's not a terrible loss to lose to Tennessee, but pending on what happens in the A-10 game and other things that they might consider, this loss could take them out of the field of 68. Maybe that gives them that extra motivation to sometimes maybe foul late, down seven or so. That could be good for your over. Or maybe they sneak in the back door there that covering that number six and a half. Well, I hope they get in. I think they got humbled earlier this season. They started off the season 15-2, and two, rolling and guys feeling good about themselves, and then they got humbled. They lost to Kentucky after going up 15-2. They lost to Kentucky, and then from there, collectively within conference, lost eight straight games, and they had to re-identify. They had to find themselves, and I think uh, a credit to Buzz William getting these kids to stay, to stay positive, to keep their confidence out there on the floor. I think this team really has their roles defined. They know who they are. Their identity is going to be. It's going to start in the, on the defensive side, especially, again, on that perimeter. And then getting out, and they share the ball really well. That's what I like about this team offensively is they will pass up the good shot for the great shot. They're an unselfish team. They've got great finishes in transition, and they play with a lot of energy. It's a very competitive team. So the fact that they were able to to right themselves after losing eight straight games, being humbled in conference, uh, I think it's a credit to where this team is mentally right now. We're seeing it play out right now in the SEC Championship 
championship or getting to the SEC finals in this tourney. I hope they get in because they're the style mm -hmm. of play that I think is exciting to watch in college basketball with the players yeah. that they have, the intensity that they have on the defensive floor. I hope they get in. I think Williams is a great motivator, and I like, I like the chemistry of this team. A-10 championship game tipping off in about 10 minutes or so between Davidson and Richmond. Davidson, three-and-a-half point favorites, total 137-and-a-half. Any final thoughts, whether it be the side or the total? Yeah, I mean, Davidson's uh, going to be very disciplined and shoot the ball very well. We know what we're going to see out of the Wildcats team, and McKillop's been there forever. It's, you know, I didn't realize he was there for – it's been like – Almost, I would think I was in high school when he started coaching Davidson. So, yeah, he's, he's that old. But I think on Richmond's side, you know, they rallied from a 15-point deficit yesterday to be able to make them and, and put this put themselves into this position. And the thing with Richmond is they it's an experienced team. They start four seniors. They have two other seniors that come off the bench that get plenty of minutes, and they value the basketball. Only five turnovers in yesterday's game. That's going to help you win some games when you're down 15 points. But they average just slightly under 10 turnovers per Per game. This is a team that values each possession here. I'm leaning towards Richmond plus the three and a half. It's juice towards Davidson as the favorite. I'm waiting mm -hmm. to see where that juice goes. Maybe I get better juice or maybe it moves the four. If it moves the four, I'll get it, but I'm probably going to jump on Richmond plus the three and a half minus 105. Yeah, a lot of teams on the bubble. We mentioned Texas A&M, Michigan. They're all sweating this A-10 championship game because if Richmond wins, they will be a bid stealer out of the A-10. And one of those teams in the bubble will end up bursting and falling out of the field of 68. One of the more interesting dynamics of conference tournament weekend as the bracket will be revealed later on this afternoon. On the other side, there's a new quarterback in the Rocky Mountain. His name's Russell Wilson. We'll get you caught up on all NFL news and notes as free agency begins tomorrow. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. 
Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.